This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Well, good morning. Uh, Breakfast at the Broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. We are on regular schedule this time. Uh, we uh, we went a little uh, haywire last week, but uh, we're back in, in, in the fold. So without further ado. And now, by way of Hypaluxa, Florida, with over 136 million sold in 2021, he is a top producing luxury agent at the Corcoran Group. He is the number 44 top producing agent in Florida, published by the Real Trends Report 2022. He is the president of the Palm Beach Rotary Club. He's a father, a friend, and loves the real football on the pitch. Stand up and make some noise for Stephen Presson. Wow, holy cow. <laughs> good we, morning. If we could just stop right now, because I don't think it's going to get any better than that. That was pretty darn good. Holy cow. <laughs> So how how's it going, David? How are you? Thanks, good, thanks so good. much for having me. I appreciate it. It's good seeing you again. You too. You too. I appreciate coming in the studio in, in Pod Populi at Royal Palm Place down in uh, downtown Boca. Um, you know, uh, like all the all the uh, the buyers, the sellers. You know, all they want to know is uh, how's the market. <laughs> well, that's the that's the million dollar question. You, you know, there's there's a lot. It's it's really a long winded answer, but. You know, I tell people, you know, during the COVID times, I mean, geez, for, for 22 months, we went through four years worth of inventory in about 22 months. And the market was just crazy, as you know. Anyone who was in the real estate business, I think, benefited substantially. Sellers, brokers, investors. We couldn't keep that pace forever. And the way I explain it, it's kind of like you drive on a Route 95 and you're in a 75-mile-an-hour zone. We were driving like 110 miles an hour. And it, it was good. It was fun. It was exciting. But it's also a little bit dangerous, and it's dangerous for a market. So we needed to kind of cool down a little bit, you know, with inflation, interest rates, those kind of things. Uh, but I tell people, uh, you, you know, the, you know, I got I got a call last week from one of the local newspapers, and they were trying to do a little bit of a negative slant on the market. And my point to them was, and I would say to you today, David, is that, you know, we couldn't keep that appreciation going forever. And this is actually, in, in a lot of ways, it's it's a healthy thing for our market. And, uh, uh, you know, for long-term stability, you, you, the, the, we just couldn't we just couldn't keep those that, that those numbers and appreciation numbers for a long time. So I think in a long term, it's 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 really really a good thing. You know, it's it's funny because for the last two years, um, buyers are saying, you know, oh, I wish I had more inventory. I wish I had more choices. I wish you know I could negotiate. I wish I could I could be the controller. I could yeah. be the one to say, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to take three percent, five percent off, or or uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna want a pre occupancy instead of a post occupancy or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Now they do, and now, <laughs> and now they complain that there's too many choices. But you know, it's funny because when you look at the inventory um, in today, and and, and you, you can elaborate on it, especially on the luxury side. But you know, the inventory isn't you know is actually relatively low considering, um, and. You know, it's it's just that we were so low, we were we were unusually low, and so it looks like it's a lot hotter than it, you know, or a lot higher than it is. You know, I think we have about a 17-year low in inventory, so it's still very low, and that's always a big driver in real estate. I think one of the biggest things, especially for sellers, is during that 22-month window in, in COVID. You know, quite frankly, if you ask me, the most difficult part of that time was really for me 
valuing a property because if your interest as a broker was getting every maximizing that investment for your clients, there were so many things that went into it. It was almost like the comps that I knew in any area that I sold in, I almost had, had to kind of throw out the window because the question would be, what do I think the most I think one buyer could pay? And, you know, we did really, really well for, 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 for a lot of our clients. So, um, Sure. And, you know, when you look at it also, it's like when, you know, when you're putting on a, a valuation of a property, um, you know, it was no longer that we were valuing a property based on what someone else paid for a particular property. We were basically valuing it based on competition. And if there was none, we would we just kind of like say, OK, well, we'll try for this, you know. And it used to be that the sellers would say, well, you know, you could always go down, you can't go up, right? Or, or you can always, um, you know, I'm going to start up really high. And we would say, no, 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 you don't want to start a high. Well, for the last two years, we almost let the sellers dictate, uh, you know, the market to, to a certain extent and whatever they wanted. Um, you know, that certainly isn't the case anymore. Um, tell us a little bit about today's current climate. I think uh, a word that we're using now, we've been using it for about six months, which we didn't use for two years, is the word value with buyers. Now, now it becomes a value proposition. Unless you have something very unique, if you have something new, modern, on the intercoastal, on the ocean, the rest of the world, the word value is coming into it. And you can kind of see, you know, during, those, during, during that time, uh, you know, buyers viewed it as a cost of doing. It was the first time and I've been selling real estate for, I think, 17 years now. The first time where buyers were almost proud to say they overpaid for a property. Before, <laughs> it was never the case. It didn't matter how much money you had. You didn't want to look like a dummy at your country club when you supposedly overpaid a little bit on a property. Right. For, for during that time period, it was kind of like a cost of doing business. They got what they wanted. But now now the word value, and you really have to take a look at the, the, the market, what it's doing. Uh Buyers will pay more if it's something special, unique, but there's a, there's a limit to it, and there's definitely some price resistance. And, you know, to give you a perfect example, we have a property now that traded twice in the last year. For different reasons, it's at back up on the market now for a third time. It went from being a 1-4 a property to a 1-8 property, and now it's on the market for 2-3. It's tough having a property trade three times within a year at those type of appreciation numbers where buyers are looking at value. There's been some resistance, and you would, and you would expect it. Yeah. Um, you know, used to, you know, when we're looking at properties nowadays, um, you know, we look at the inventory and you mentioned that, you know, we're still at a 17 year low, you know, and you look at it and say, hey, well, inventory is, you know, used to be, you know, less than a month of inventory. You know, now we're, you know, hovering around three or a little bit less uh, um, months of inventory. Uh, guess what? That's still a seller's market. You know, a balanced market's not until five months and they, um, and a seller in a buyer's market is until uh, six months, you know, or more. So, you know, we still need two times as much, uh, you know, um, uh, inventory, you know, with less absorption rate than we would in a, in a regular, you know, a, a market in, in to get it into the buyer's market. What about luxury real estate? Because, you know, you know, there's lots of noise around it, right? It's lots of noise. Um, you know, the, listen, the six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar um, homes and, and and under right now, you know, um, you know, they're still selling, you know, very, very um, hotly, especially if they're, you know, they're upgraded at all. Um, you know, but the luxury market seems to maybe soften, or the perception is that it softened. Um, has it softened? Is you know, how's Hypoluxo and Palm Beach and the areas that you work? I would tell people that 
if you look at the last couple of years, it seems like there was no season, right? Yeah. Our season was really January, December 31st. There was no days off. Sure. Before COVID, if you asked me, you know, when my busy season was in luxury real estate, you know, I, I would always say it was from Thanksgiving to Easter. Sometimes it would carry over a little bit to June 1st because you'd put some properties up late in the season that would, you know, under contract that would close close later in the year. I think this season it will be interesting, and that'll be more of a telltale of how the luxury market's doing. For the last couple of months, I can't tell you, I had clients traveling all over the world. It was the first time things really opened up. People felt comfortable. I had clients, you know, everywhere from Italy, France, you name it, all, all over the world. So I think now that uh, you ask, ask me come February, and I'll have a really good answer for you. But I think the word values come into it, like we mentioned earlier. But... But the other thing, too, I think the market's different this time. You know, the market's different. If you look back at 2008, there's a lot of reasons why that market got crazy and, and, and crashed a little bit. Things have changed here. South Florida has really become the luxury destination, not, you know, almost in the, in the world right now for many, many different reasons. Reasons that we all knew before, taxes, weather, lifestyle. You know, now we've had big businesses. If you take a look what uh, the uh, Palm Beach Business Development and Kelly Smallridge has done, is, you know, we've almost kind of, in a very small way, made, uh, you know, a, a little mini Wall Street in South Florida. We've had 10 very substantial financial companies from New York City move down, many others. You know, last year, you know, for example, we had a client, from, a CEO from California moved down. He was looking in the 20 to $25 million range in the, on, on the ocean front. He had two children that moved down. Then he had some of his executive team move down. Those things are game changers, and those things are the things that kind of provide long-term stability in our markets. So I can think, I, I tell our sellers, take a deep breath. And you know what? Even if the market drops 10%, how many properties that you know of, that I know of, that have more than doubled in the last two years? So if you lost 10%, you're playing with house money. Sure. That's not a problem. That's not a negative. So I think we're long-term. We're in a really good spot. We've got big companies moving down. Those things change. They, they build their infrastructure. They put their resources. You know, we have, we, so I don't think we have a shortage of buyers coming in here. Yeah, the word value comes into it, and, you know, it, that's, that's not a bad thing, you know, but, but, but I don't think sellers are going to be, I don't think there's going to be any distressed properties. I don't see any, any properties underwater. I don't see short sales. I don't see pre-foreclosures. I don't see any of those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the differences between 2008 and, and, and you know, and, and today you know, in, in 2022 is, you know, listen, they gave everyone a mortgage. So, I mean, you know, people that didn't qualify, you know, all they needed to do was, you know, to, you know, um, become cash strapped or the tenant move out or, or, um, you know, something happened in, in their life and, and it was like done. Right. So, you know, we have a lot more, um, equity and, and such, and, you know, South Florida itself has been extremely lucky. Like we couldn't be more fortunate, right? Like, you know, I mean, as awful as the pandemic, you know, was, um, the pandemic, like you said, shine light on lifestyle, shine, you know, they wanted to be outside, they wanted to be near the beach, they wanted, you know, they wanted a, a, maybe a warmer climate, you know, um, you know, the tax structure became an issue, you know, and, and, and not having, a, you know, a, a state income tax and, and such. So all these different things, and then Fort Myers happens, which is awful, it's an awful, <laughs> awful tragedy, but now they're, you know... You know, those people, the Midwesterners, typically Chicago and Ohio and in those areas, you know, they typically would move and relocate to Naples, Fort Myers and in those areas. You know, now they're having to come east. Right. And, and, they're, and they're, you know, so we've been very fortunate. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, 
when we talk about luxury real estate from a, from a real estate agent, you know, perspective, right? Everyone, you know, you know, loves luxury real estate, right? They want to be in luxury real estate. Um, you know, how do you get in? Like how, as a real estate agent say, Hey, you know what? I want to increase my sales price, my sales, you know, my average sale prices in the seven eights, you know, where do I, how do I get it to the million five, two million? You know, how do I sell a, you know, a five, six, $10 million uh, property? You know, where do I need to be? I can give you a lot of answers on that, but I'll tell you one of the first things, which is, is often overlooked is uh, you need to be a fabric of the community. It's, it's, it's very difficult to say, for example, you live out in Royal Palm beach and you want to sell respectfully real estate along the coast, whether it be Palm Beach or East Del Rey or Gulfstream and Alpan, Hypoluxo Island or Jupiter Island is extremely difficult. You almost have to be a fabric of the community. Sure. Uh, then there's a lot of things getting out there and, 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 and marketing yourself and, and doing direct mail and, and getting involved in the community and, and doing charity work and, and, and things that are, you know, building relationships within that community. You know, along the areas that I work in, I mean, people have known me from my kids have gone to school there. We go to church there. I belong to the country clubs there. So I, you become, uh, you know, someone that people know, someone people trust. It's, it's uh, I'll give you an example. I had an agent a couple years ago who was, who had all the, the all the, uh, the key elements of being a very successful broker. And she had the same question that you asked me. She said, you know, how do I get into the luxury space? And I, you know, that was one of the first things I talked about. She lived out west, and, but she was trying to focus on Delray Beach. So she came to me a couple months later. Her and her husband had put an offer, and they were a little, uh, they had some cold feet. It was a $2 million property in, in East Delray Beach in an area that would have been perfect for them. And they kind of thought they were overpaying, and they wanted to get my perspective on it. And I, I said, look, I said, you know what, maybe you're overpaying. 1500 you know, it was tough to tell the value of the property. I said, but you're definitely within the range. But I said, more importantly, it's going to get you into the area in the market. And I said, eventually, you know, there's a couple homes on that street that were listed for sale. I said, you know what, if I were to come back in this, uh, drive down your street in two years, I guarantee I'm going to see your name on it. And then from there, it just opens up other opportunities for you. And you know what, she ended up buying the property. And I would tell you, she's probably done 50 to 50% more business in the next 18 months than she did before because all of a sudden now she was surrounded by $2 million homes, $6 million homes. So that's really, really important. So I think it's tough to say you want to be a luxury broker and not live or work or play in that marketplace. And then all the other stuff you got to do, it's being consistent, marketing yourself, direct mail. I mentioned the community stuff, you, you know, coaching a little league team, do it for the right reasons, but you're building relationships. And then hopefully people see that, you, you know, you're more than just an agent. You're a person, a fabric of the community. And then people tend to do business with people they like and people they trust. But get yourself out there, add value, don't be like everyone else. But I really think it's important to, to it, it's really hard to breathe. It's hard to be, for example, a condo queen or king if you're not living in a condo. And yep. the same thing applies to luxury real estate. No, I, I love the uh, the fabric of the community, right? And, and you know, um, being in clubs and being in, you know, um, like your little league team or soccer team or where, you know, what have you. And, you know, and, and really just, you know, giving back because eventually, you know, you know, even though you, you, you shouldn't go into it expecting it, um, it does, it does come back in spades. And, and, and even if no, you get no business out of it, it certainly comes back in, in, in living a, you know, a fruitful, um, you know, life. So, um, you know, it's, you know, from luxury real estate and, and you know, and, and it's it's the same founding principles, I guess, you know, you know, top of mind. You got to be top of mind. 
they got to see you, feel you, you know, trust you. You know, I went on a listing appointment the other, uh, the other day, and it's the first time I ever went on a listing appointment where I was told this. Um, and I didn't even know I was competing with someone, even though I asked. They, you know, they didn't, um, they, they didn't let me know that they, they were, I was competing with someone. But I went out there, and, and I gave my – and I thought it went great, you know, like, like we usually do. And I self-reflect, and I'm like, well, maybe I should have said that or shouldn't have said that. And, uh, and I get the call. You know, thank you very much. Um, you know, we decided to go in a different direction. And I was like, okay, well, you know, may I ask why? Mm-hmm. They said, well, we felt like we had better chemistry with someone else. And I was like, wow. You know, when you start to think and you said, you know, you need to like, know, and trust, right? Um, for whatever reason, um, you know, I didn't, you know, give off the same chemistry that someone else did. And they just clicked a little bit better. And, uh you know, we have to be cognizant of, you know, believe it or not, they want to like you in order to do business with you. Um, let's talk about more exciting stuff than real estate. Let's talk about soccer, oh. football, the pitch. <laughs> do, you, do you follow Premier League and, and stuff as well, or are you just uh, you follow your son? No, I, follow, I follow my son. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, big pro football junkie. I'm oh, yeah? Pro football. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, what's your team? Uh, I, mean, I grew up as an Eagles fan, and oh, well now. oh wow! I've, I've kind of adopted the, uh, the Miami Dolphins as the home team here. And, yeah. uh, oh, so you, you really are like a sadomasochist, you know, like me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, I, I, God, I like, you know, they, they had such promise, and then maybe they'll do something this year. But you know, they had such promise going into the year, and I'm a, I went to University of Alabama, yeah. so I'm a big Tua fan, and yeah, me too. you know, and and it's just like, and the dolphins just have a way of just like just crushing you <laughs> like just absolutely just taking your hearts out you know thinking all right yeah here it is let's get behind this team and then uh, one thing about this season if you look at their schedule for the first 6 weeks if i would have told you back before the season started that they'd be 3 and 3 at this point you'd probably be pretty excited about that so it's a little unfortunate they get up to the 3-0 start and had a bunch of key injuries. But this is an interesting season because there's so much mediocrity in the league. Tom Brady said it really well in an interview last week. He's just looking at a lot of mediocre football. There's a lot of teams right now, 3-3, three and 2-4. Three, and four. So you know, let's see what happens over there. They get Tua back this week, and hopefully their offensive line stays healthy. And uh, yeah, I, I like what they're doing. I love their head coach. Uh, uh, the head coach is 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 superb. Yeah. He's um he, he seems to have a pretty good handle on things and and um and uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are uh, are pretty good pretty good people. Um you know uh they they they're just crazy athletic and and such. And those are the type of people or type of you know players that you want on your team just you know fighters and 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 and, and such. So um it, it's good stuff. You know um you know it's interesting because the World Cup's coming yeah. uh in November. And, um, and and I'm sure your son will be watching. Um, and uh, if you don't know, uh, Steve Preston's son is a, is a very good soccer player. Um, and uh, and uh, I follow it, you know, from from time to yeah. time. But it's uh, it's interesting. And it, you know, as it comes in in uh, November, it's going to be a, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, so real estate, right? So marketing. You know, um, you know, you have a a success you know, um, kind of procedure. Right. Um, and you know, I always say that there's two reasons why a house sells price and exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we get the price down and I, and I do believe that price entry point 
now in this current climate is probably the most important thing you could do. Um, tell us a little bit about your marketing. Is there anything differently that you use, any kind of systems that you use um, that you would recommend to other agents? Here's the biggest word I would tell you today is consistency. No matter what you do, you have to be very, very consistent. Uh, I'll tell you a story. An agent a couple of years ago come to me that wanted to get into luxury real estate and they wanted to do some marketing. And, you know, we talked about a bunch of different things. Direct mail is huge. I tell people if, you're, if your name isn't hitting their mailbox at least twice a month, you're losing opportunity. And I'll tell you, it's interesting. As the market changes, this is an opportunity because what happens is, as you know, when the market changes, softens a little bit, you know, brokers start cutting back, right? They're making less. They're not selling as much. That's an opportunity where my attitude always was to spend more because now your competition is less. Mm -hmm. So it takes a little, you know, you got to believe in yourself and invest in yourself and your business. But uh, there, there's an opportunity to do it when people are cutting back a little bit. But, you know, direct mail is huge. Is 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 uh, uh, People love to know what's happening in the local real estate market. People love to know when something just listed, when their neighbors just listed, just sold. Direct mail is extremely important, but the word consistent is whatever you do, do it consistent, do it well. I've always had the attitude to try to hit it from every single level. My goal is I'm very aggressive in my marketing, but I'm not aggressive in my demeanor, meaning I don't knock on doors. I don't walk around wearing my real estate badge. I don't go to a country club looking to meet someone to talk real estate. That's not my style. My style is to work really hard, really smart, be consistent with my marketing where people are calling and contacting me. And then it's a whole different conversation as opposed to you knocking on their door versus them coming to you because they see you out there. The consistency, when people tell me they've seen my name all over the place, whether it be direct mail, social media, uh, signs, uh, 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 print advertisements and all the different you know, magazines that, you know, and, and publications in our area, that's when I know I'm winning. A fear for me is when someone says, hey, I don't see your name as much. I don't see your ads like I used to. Then I know, and that's to me will never happen. That's the part that I control. But consistency is really big. Do it, do it well. Spend the money. Invest in yourself. It's a, it's a money. You can make a lot of money in this business, but you got to put money into it. Do things right. Everything is your business card. If you're going to do a brochure, I'll give you another example. I had an agent who met with me two years ago. Super nice guy. He was stuck in a three to six hundred thousand dollar range. Great guy, articulate, presented himself well, genuine. He had all the things I look for. So we got together for coffee one day. And I, when I said, when, I, when we met, I said, do me a favor, bring, I want to see all your marketing stuff. So I looked at it. And when people come to me, they want an honest answer. I'm going to give you an honest answer. And I said, look, I said, I said, I can tell, I can see what your problem is. He said, and I told him, I said, you check all the boxes. You're a nice guy. You're smart. You know the market. You care about your clients. But I look at the way you're marketing yourself. You're marketing yourself like a three to $600,000 broker with all due respect. And he, and he said to me, well, that's what all my competition does. Well, I said, well, there's your problem. I said, do you want to be like them or do you want to raise above the crowd? You know, so for example, you know, the next, I said, if you're going to do a brochure, my first brochure, my first listing wasn't $22 million. My first listing was a $230,000 condo in West Palm Beach at Flagler Point. But my first brochure looked like a $20 million property because I viewed that as if I'm going to put my name on it, I want it to represent me and myself and my client's interests to the highest level. So don't cut corners. Do things right. Uh, and, and that's the, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of advice I could give you. I love that. Uh, you know, um, honestly, a lot of times uh, realtors, uh, 
You know, the, the, you know. One of the, I, I guess I'll, I'll I'll digress a little bit. Well, one of the first things that I was told um, by my mom actually, mm-hmm. um, she said, you know, um, the 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 biggest advice I can give you is never ever think about the money, right? Yeah. And and um, and that always held true. So like, it didn't matter whether it was a fifty thousand dollar condo or you know a ten million dollar um, house. It was always about you know your brand. You know, your your you know what you're putting out there. You know, what, are you going to be proud of the piece? You know, how are they going to receive it? You know, when a consumer sees it, you know, are they going to say, "Wow, you know, he really did that right," or you know, what have you? So, um, I, I love that. Uh, you know, Here's I the think way it's, I look at that brochure is the client loves nothing more than their house. You do a really really nice brochure when their friends come over. What do they do? The friends are probably in, in conversation say, oh, how's, how's your house sale coming along? Then before you know it, they bring the brochure out. Every prospective buyer that comes in, that's your business card. Even right. though it's representing the property, you're the one who created it. You know, I want clients to say to me, oh, that's, I've had, I just said to me the other day, that was the nicest brochure that we've seen in a long time by one of a buyer. But those are the kind of things people remember. You know, they might, they might not buy that property that day and they might not be your client, but they might buy another property that goes on the market three, four, five years later. What are they going to remember? They remember those little things. Yeah, and those do. little things are really, really big things. So if you're going to put your name on something, man, represent it like, like I taught. And by the way, this agent to track forward, he took my advice. We get together two months later, he came back, completely changed everything. And you know what? He started getting a million dollar listing, a million one, a million two, a million three. He raised this game a little bit. So if you're going to, if you're going to carry yourself dressed like a luxury broker, present yourself like be a man of your word show up on time do all the little things you know i still send thank you if i go on a listing a presentation i still send a thank you note i put it in the mailbox hand write it those little things mean a lot of things and over time you know you'll see you'll see you'll see results but do do things the right way don't cut corners be consistent be a man of your word uh be persistent be transparent when people ask me, I think I build a reputation as a straight shooter. I tell people the truth. We're all on the same page to try to get something done. Work. I work. I try to work really well with the broker community. I don't. I don't view anyone as my com- competition. Though maybe they are. Some of them in, in some ways. I view as how we can work together to get that transaction done. And if you have, I've seen agents be very, very short-sighted, and those things will catch up to you in the long term. They'll catch up to you. Do things the right way. Build relationships. Uh, and those things will all come back to you tenfold. Love it. You know, be collaborative, not competitive. And, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of business out there. And, you know, um, I, you know, we say LIFO, right? Last in, first out. Last people, you know, last real estate agents to get into the business are usually the first people out because they're looking to be a uh, small picture rather than big picture, as you, as you alluded to. So I always end the uh, broadcast on two questions. Yeah. Uh, one is... What is your favorite all-time streaming series um, or movie, and what are you currently watching? Wow. <laughs> I'm going to, like, totally blow this answer because I don't really watch a lot of TV, to be honest with you. If, if, you a lot of TV. if you don't watch a lot of TV, how about books or um, podcasts that you listen to? Well, you know, I kind of I, I enjoy a lot of the – I'm like a pro football. There's two things I like. You got me yeah. today. You got the real yeah. estate and you got the pro football. So I love a yep. lot of different podcasts. I'll listen to, like, Travis Wingfield. I'll, I'll listen to uh, Pro Football Talk. I, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'll try to catch some of the uh, sports shows during the day as I'm driving around. You know, I tell people I have a pretty cool dry, job. I get to drive around, <laughs> listen to sports talk radio, and 
show and look at pretty cool houses all day. So it's it's not a bad gig. No, that's awesome. Steve, I can't thank you enough oh, for coming pleasure. in. You know, uh, this is your second time we had the opportunity to to um, do this, and uh, and I appreciate all that you do for the real estate community and the community as a whole. Um, you you are a man of your word, and you uh, continue to prop up the uh, real estate industry as as uh, we all need to uh, learn from you and 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 do our part. You know, be collaborative, uh, do the right thing, and and, and be the the man or or a woman of your word. So. Thank well, you. This was on my bucket list. I wanted to have breakfast with the brother <laughs> twice. So uh, I, feel like you know, I think Brian's been on four times. So uh, you know he's still got you beat. Uh. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank for you. I appreciate it. No, absolutely. Pleasure. Thanks, Steve. Uh, breakfast with the broker every Tuesday morning at nine a.m. You guys have a great week. I'll see you soon.